power moves with Dr. Gladney, the show that the world has been waiting for. Dr. Gladney is the world-renowned emotional wellness expert, CEO of 24 Karat Speakers, author, and power mover. Each episode will feature extraordinary guests who've created success by making moves that led them to their power. Put on your seatbelt and get ready for the ride of your life as you are inspired and motivated to move to your greatness. This is Dr. Gladney. We are coming with another episode of Power Moves with Dr. Gladney. I am excited to always bring to you a powerful guest. We're talking about motivating and moving you to your greatness. Yes, we all have those moves in life. Some of my power moves included me becoming the emotional wellness doctor and helping people to stay sane in a crazy world. Now, some of you all listening to that may say, ooh, that's not something you wanna do, but it was my power move. Also, I launched a speakers agency for women of color called 24 Carat Speakers. You're talking about some powerful moves that changed the trajectory of your life. And so again, welcome to another episode. And our VIP guest today, I am so excited to bring to you this powerful attorney, Daryl K. Washington. Daryl, welcome to our show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, Dr. Gladney. Yes, this is also a personal friend. I've known Daryl now for what, 12, 15 years, something a lot, like a lot that. Of years. A lot of years. A lot of years. And I've been able to watch your movements and watch some of the power moves that you've made. But before we really get started talking about all that, I want to say you do a lot of stuff. Now, I only know just a little bit, but you focus and work with clients that are police misconduct, wrongful arrest, including police brutality. You also work with clients in the sports entertainment, media matters, business transactions, commercial and general litigation matters settlement negotiations, contract and business practice. Just, we could keep going on. Daryl, wow. Generally, attorneys, they focus like in one area, but you seem to have a lot of the areas covered. How did all of that happen that you said, I'm not just gonna focus in the sports, but I'm also gonna help civil rights. I'm gonna help with police brutality. How did all of that? transpire? Doc, I ask myself that question all the time, uh, just to give you just a little idea of how I started. Yes. Uh, I initially, when I graduated from college, I was working in public accounting. Okay. So obviously I had the business background. Okay. Uh, when I left public accounting, went to law school uh, and graduated from law school, just naturally the firm that I worked for at the time mm -hmm. thought because of my accounting experience that working in the business transactions, mergers and acquisitions yes. would just be a natural fit. Natural fit. Uh, you know, and that was during the time when we were having IPOs. So anything right. with .com uh, attached to it. Uh, <laughs> that was the thing. It was big. Yes. So uh, I worked in that area for quite some time. And, but again, I was not 
moved the way I, I really felt I needed to be moved when I made that decision to attend law school. Okay, uh, okay. I wanted to be doing something that I was able to to help the community. Uh, you know, when we give our, our statements, uh, our interest statements to yeah. law school, mm -hmm. we all pretty much say the same thing. We want to go to law school because we want to be the voice for the voiceless. Okay, uh, okay. We want to make a difference in our community. But when we graduate, uh, it seems that we forget about that. And, and it's all about the big dollars and right. representing the big corporations. So after doing that for quite some time, I just feel like I wouldn't be true to my purpose, mm, true to what okay. I really wanted to do. Uh, so I started working uh, in sports and entertainment, and that was a natural fit only because I was a former college football player. Okay. And I oh. knew a lot of athletes, so and I still do that today, and I, I truly enjoy uh, having opportunity to negotiate contracts, business contracts right. for, for athletes, uh, civil rights. Uh, that, That's big, Daryl. That's huge. It is. And, and I will tell you and uh, just be very candid with, with everyone and being candid with you. Uh, when I went to law school, never in my wildest dream did I ever think I would be a civil rights attorney. Mm, okay. uh, that's not what I mean. In fact, people weren't even really talking about civil rights very much they uh, at that time. You know, you had the Rodney King incident, but that yes. was something that was just really isolated. You wouldn't hear about everything that we hear about today. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously it was because we didn't have cell phones that was videoing all right. these, these incidents. And social media. Correct. So <laughs> yes. those, and, and I'm telling my age just a little bit, talking well, about no social media at I that listen, time. Listen, me too. We, <laughs> right. let, we there together. <laughs> right. I understand. But I, uh, I'll never forget about 15 years ago. Uh, and again, I was working in commercial litigation, focusing primarily with large corporations. Uh -huh. I was in the entertainment uh, industry, as, as you know, right. uh, working with radio personalities. Yes. Uh, and so I decided that I wanted to take some pro bono cases. Uh, and one of the pro bono cases I took was, it actually involved a police shooting in Irvin, Texas. Okay. Uh, wet behind my ears really not knowing what to do. Uh, but, you know, it was something that was really interesting in, to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I took the depositions of these two police officers who actually killed my client's son. And wow. when I discovered uh, what was going on in police practice, I was like, you know what? This is something that I need to look into more closely. Okay. And here I am today, uh, 15 years later, um, primarily focusing mainly on civil rights matters. Wow. So you started out as an accountant. What made you want to go to law school? And when you decided to go, what were you wanting to practice? Sure. Sure. And, and I'll be honest, the reason I, I even ended up in accounting was because of my brother. Uh, <laughs> you know, you want to do everything that do your everything. older brother yes. uh, uh, is doing at that time. So I, I got into accounting. It was a great move for me. but. I knew right on that accounting was not for me. Uh, I, I'm glad that I got the expertise from working mm -hmm. uh, in the business arena, but you know, just counting uh, other people's money all day, all the time. <laughs> not your money, but not other people's money. money. Uh, yeah, that's right. Was not really something. <laughs> that I, wasn't I, fun. No, and, okay. and I really didn't think I would be able to impact the community the way I really wanted to being an accountant. And I've always wanted to be a lawyer. I mean, that has always, really? been, yeah, okay. always been my dream. I either thought I was going to be a professional football player or an attorney. And, you know, I, I figured that 
becoming an attorney was something that I needed to do. Stay but I, I tell you, and you know, just very quick, um, I'll never forget, uh, I ran into a good friend of mine, uh, Claude Benjamin. Mm -hmm. uh, Claude and I was talking and I asked Claude what he was up to. And uh, he told me he was on his way to law school. And I was like, law school? That was like my confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked at Claude and I, I asked him some questions about it. And I told him, I said, I'll see you the following year. And that following year, Claude and I were roommates in oh, law school. Wow. So uh, that conversation that I had with, with Claude was that one confirmation for me that I needed to, to go to law school. And, and I knew going to law school, doing something that I truly enjoy was going to be able to give me the ability to be able to provide for my children. Wow. Uh, and that was the thing that was just so uh, important to me. And here we are today. My daughter is now a lawyer. So wow. uh, I feel like I made the best decision. You did. Talk about the legacy. Talk about doing something that your kids can see that it matters enough that you pass that on to them. Most of the time, our kids, whatever we're doing, they want to go far away from it. So that, that right there speaks to your greatness, which leads me to my next question. When did you realize your greatness? You know, I'll be honest with you. You know, when you hear that word greatness, you know, you, you, you think of Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. uh, you think of Michael Jordan. Uh, these are people I see as, as great. Okay. Uh, when I think of the work that I do, I, I more, more or less look at it as, as my calling. Okay. Uh, more than than greatness. Uh, I just, you know, doing civil rights, being able to not be afraid yes. to fight for others, uh, taking on a corrupt system. Um, this Ooh, was something that, that gave lot. me peer satisfaction, peer enjoyment. And, you know, when you, uh, like, I'll be honest, it's very difficult because unlike working in mergers and acquisitions, when you close the deal, and people were celebrating yes. uh, after closing a multi-million dollar deal. In civil rights, there's no celebration. Yes. Uh, it doesn't matter how big the settlement is. Uh, you're dealing with a family who lost uh, a father, a, a son, a daughter. Uh, there's no celebration to it. But you know, whenever you can work a system like this and hold people accountable mm -hmm. for their wrong, I mean, there is a fulfillment and satisfaction. You think right. of, of the things that Dr. King used to do when he was trying to fight uh, for justice. And, and that's the thing that really gives me satisfaction, being able to, to fulfill my calling. But did, so did you know that was your calling? Because you said you went in to law school and you didn't think that you would ever be a civil rights. You were gonna make a difference in the community. So when did you realize that was really your calling? When you did the pro bono cases, how did that, what was that? When I realized that I was willing to probably practice what we consider that the hardest area of the law mm -hmm. for in many instances, no compensation. Uh, yeah. When you are willing to do something, knowing that there is a, a great chance that you won't be compensated for it, Ooh. then you realize that you're doing something that's your calling. And you're because, working for free. Right, you're no longer doing it for the money. You're doing it for, for your, your satisfaction. You're doing it because uh, it's a commitment that you made to God. Mm. You know, when, you know, we, we pray about it all the time yes. and say, lead my way, make these directions. Yes, and, and then, and, you know, he'll provide for everything else. And, and this is how it's been. I, I realized that my true calling is, is fighting for others. Wow. So I want to say right here, audience, that you said some powerful things. 
but you had to have money saved up in order to be able to take on cases that the pro bono. So that speaks to some of the moves that you've made in your life. So I want to ask you, what is that one move that you felt like put you on a different course? I mean, being able to to make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are a lot of things that, that I would like to do, a lot of places I would like to go. Uh, but I know in order to be able to to do the things that I'm currently doing, I can either you know, go hang out and spend the money on vacations, <laughs> yeah. or I could spend the money on making a difference and, and, and establishing that legacy. For me, uh, a vacation is fun, and it's going for that moment. Yes, I'm going to be able to truly enjoy it. But when you're changing uh, your community, when you're making a difference uh, in this in the country, this is something that's going to live on long after I'm, after I'm gone. gone. You know, so your daughter is is cycling. So would you say that? One power move was when you realized, when you took on the first civil rights case and you realized, oh my goodness, that impact. Do you feel like that is the point to change your trajectory? Because you could have stayed in sports entertainment. I mean, there's right. a whole lot. You can make a difference in there right. as well. But I mean, so would you say that was probably the move? That was one of them in the, in the material. There was doing Hurricane Katrina. I never forget this. Uh, individuals were displaced from their homes and they had, you know, we had a lot of people moved yes, here uh, from New Orleans. And I received a call and it was from someone at the time they were giving them uh, vouchers to live in apartments. And you had to apply by a certain time. If you didn't, you would not get the voucher to be able to continue living in the, uh, in the apartments. So I received a call uh, from a, a lady from New Orleans who told me that they were not going to renew her voucher and she was going to have to be, she was being kicked out of the, uh, wow. the apartment with her, her kids. And at the time, Doc, I was like, you know, as much as I would like to help you, this is just not something that I do. Right. Uh, I really can't help you at this time. And she started crying. Oh. And, you know, I was like, you know, sometimes yes. that comes with the territory. But about an hour later, someone showed up at my door with her, her kids. And I was like, who is this? And it was actually the lady who called me asking me to help her. Ooh, and Lord. she just pleaded. She said, I don't have money. I don't have anything, but can you please help me? It was that moment. It was that moment that I knew that I needed to make a difference. And because there were people who were out there truly hurting and yeah. nobody was helping. So I decided I would help her okay. and we were able to get uh, the decision overturned. She was able to get back into her apartment okay. and, and, and true story. I'm able to tell the story just a little better now without yeah. having tears yes. come out. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, look, I'm trying to keep. She came to my office and to thank me, she was like, listen, I can't give you any money, but I want to give you some milk and a picture frame. This is what she brought to my office. I was like, I don't know why she brought milk. <laughs> You know, but milk. The, she brought milk in the picture. In the picture. She said, "This is all I can offer you." You know, wow. and I was like, "Listen, mm. the psychologist in me is saying, well, maybe the milk was a representation of sustaining life because that's what we need to sustain life when you first get here." I don't know. That's just my stab at 
milk in a picture frame. It's a true story. I mean, and wow. you know, Doc, I'll be honest. Uh, it brings you back to your humble beginnings. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when I was young and I used to visit my grandparents, I didn't realize that my grandparents were poor. And right. it was probably not until I was a teenager, you know, that you're able to start looking around and you're like, man, you know, my grandparents don't really have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But what they did was they had a lot of love and we never yes. went without. Right. And so now when I see a lot of people who are underprivileged, a lot of people who can't help themselves, I can't help but think back to my grandfather and, and my grandmother mm. and my aunts who grew up in that little tiny home in Lake Charles, Louisiana or in Opelousas, Louisiana. Right. And, you know, and often wonder what if people would turn their backs to them and, and, and not help. So again, being able to help people in our community, uh, being able to see people oh, uh, when yes. you walk into these communities and they, they're happy that you're there, that means so much more to me than helping somebody close a multi-million dollar deal. Yes. I mean, uh, that that just wow. means so much more. Well, and you have a different understanding, even from the number standpoint, having come from being an accountant background and seeing numbers, everything is about numbers and the deals and this, and, and now you're dealing with people in real lives. I'm gonna ask you this really important question when we come back from our sponsor break. In just a second, I'm gonna ask you, how do you maintain your emotional wellness? Oh, wow. When we return. 24 Karat Speakers is an elite speakers agency that represents women of color. Our agency offers boutique services to our buyers and speakers that include powerful speakers, training, product development, and client management. Our world-class speakers are experts in content and messaging and are uniquely trained to motivate audiences and excite the brain for impactful learning. Colorful women, powerful messages, changing the world. To hire one of these amazing women, go to www.24caratspeakers.com and let us help you create your world-class event. So we're back and we're having this incredible conversation. Oh my goodness, I hope you all are definitely taking the notes because you can learn some really good information that's gonna help you in deciding your power moves to move you to your greatness. So now before the break, I said I wanted to understand how do you maintain your emotional wellness because you are dealing with people, you said you never really win. I mean, you win, but there's always a loss with your win. So people don't get to celebrate. This has to affect you because you see so much stuff. And when you're dealing with civil rights and discrimination and unjust and, and, and people burying their kids and their loved ones. And that, like you said, the story that you told about the lady, how do you maintain your emotional wellness? You know, that's a good question, but I, I think I have an answer okay. to, to that. Okay, uh, we want to know for again, sure. Again, uh, it's tough, I, I'll be honest. Uh, the best way to explain working in civil rights and, and working in wrongful death cases, it's like attending a funeral every week. Oh, uh, wow. You know, and it's having to, to console families. Uh, I have right now a case I'm working on in Orlando, Florida, where a 19-year-old girl, uh, Mia McConnell, uh, was killed by the maintenance man. 
And, you know, when I talk wow. to her, her father, and when I talk to her mother, I mean, and that, that hurt. But, but Marlon asked me a question uh, a couple of weeks ago. He said, man, how do you do it? He yes. said, uh, I don't see how you do it. And I'm saying to myself, this is a father who lost his 19-year-old daughter yes. asking me, how do I do it? And it brings me back, Doc, to what you said. Um, how do you know that you're doing something that you were called yeah. upon? Yes. Uh, and again, uh, I believe when you're doing something that is truly your calling, God will provide. He will he will be that counselor mm. uh, for you. You know, when things are getting tough, it's also the community. Yeah. I mean, friends, family, strangers who pray, yes. you know, for, for your strength and, and, and pray for my protection. Uh, I mean, that all helps out. Uh, I was at a, a seminar uh, in San Antonio where I was uh, a guest speaker uh, okay. And the people who the seminar was for individuals in your profession, counselors, uh -huh. uh, therapists, you know, people who put individuals yes. on the sofa and, yeah. and talk to them and find out <laughs> and their issues. Them, yes. So I was there to talk about how families deal with grief, yes, you know, when yes, we handle yes. these type of cases. So I had to to give them. I had to explain, you know, what the families go through and how we able to walk them through that process. Uh, but I made the mistake of uh, talking to several counselors uh, for lunch. And, you know, they were giving me that look like you looking at me right now. <laughs> and they asked me that very question. They say, what do you do for yes, yourself? what do you do? Because you, you haven't called me right. as emotional wellness doctor to help you. Right. So I'm trying to figure it out. So Tell they, us. you know, and they, you know, they start giving me examples of things that I need to do. They like sometimes just turn on cartoons and just laugh, mm -hmm. you know, and go to comedy shows. Yes. And I, I try to do these things. Yes. Uh, but again, uh, for me, the way I really handle it, uh, it's just, I just take a lot of me time. Uh, okay. I spend a lot of time with myself. I, I spend a lot of time reflecting and, you know, that's what helped me. But, you know, if you really want to, to remain sane through all of this, yes. put yourself in other people's shoes. And imagine, you know, for one second, if it was your kid mm. that, you know, was the hashtag mm -hmm. or the subject of the CNN yes, news. Yes. So when I'm fighting like this, not only am I fighting for other families, but I'm fighting for life, uh, trying to make sure that my kids or your kids or someone else's kid uh, doesn't become a hashtag. And, and that fight alone, when you're fighting so much, I, I honestly believe that it doesn't give you a chance to really focus wow. on, you on know, the problems, correct? because you know, you're making a difference. Listen, that was powerful. So helping you to maintain your emotional wellness, you understanding your purpose and knowing that it's bigger than you are, right? What you're doing is not about you, but you're really being a vessel used to help other people feel better. So that's gonna help you. And so I like the ideas that they did give you because um, people ask me that question all the time because I take in so many people's issues and problems. But again, I tell people, I don't focus on the problem. I focus on the solution. Right. And when you know you're helping somebody get to a better place, that helps you not to take in, even though I know you have the empathy because you have children, you have grandchildren. so. What you said was us imagining our 
that being us. That's going to keep you in that space that what you're doing is it matters. Right. And you are so powerful. Let me ask you, what is the one thing that you think people should avoid when they are deciding their power moves, what it is for their life? Never make a move based on money alone. Uh, when you mm. making that decision, when you want to make that power move, make sure that you're doing something that you truly enjoy. Right. When you do, when you're doing something that you truly enjoy, you're going to be good at it. Uh, when you are good at something, then people want you. And when people want you, then the money comes. Okay. But, but unfortunately, so many people do it backwards. Right. We're doing it just for money. Uh, I was listening to, to Mike Tyson talk. Okay. Uh, and he said something that was so profound. He said, uh, you know, the only people who think that money is everything are people who just really didn't have a lot of money. Right. Because he, he realized that, that the money, money is not all, it doesn't guarantee happiness. No. I mean, it gives you material possessions that you may have never right. dreamed of. Right. It allows you to go to places that you never thought you would Gives go you to. Options and but, but at the end of the day, it's not going to stop you from having a cold. Yes. It's not going to stop you from <laughs> yeah. having cancer. No, uh, it it's not going to stop you from having heartbreaks. So when you're making that power move, you just have to do something. You have to figure out what you're calling. You, you really do. Mm -hmm. And it's not for me to determine what you're calling. It's not for your parents, right, right. your friends. It's just you. Right. You're going to know. And it's like um, when it's right, you're going to know it's right. right. I mean, and, and it's just I had an old man who told me this a long time ago. He say about changing when you make a change in your life. He said, we all going to get to the point you're going to make that change. It's either going to be a good change or a bad change. But when you make it, you're going to know it. You're going to know it. You're going to know it. And that's just how when it's time for you to make that move, you're going to know it. You know it's We just time. fight it so very, I mean, so often we fight it. But, you know, if you make that right decision, uh, you, you'll know it. And, and everything else is just going to come naturally. Okay. Okay. So now, Mr. Washington. What is that one thing that if you could tell people just one thing, maybe two, because it's so hard, <laughs> what would you tell them, the people listening right now, what would you tell that one thing that you feel like could put them on a different course? You know, it's, it's hard to just say. I know one. one that's thing. why I said you can name two. Uh, if you got three, that's fine. <laughs> but. You can't be afraid to fail. Uh, mm, that's I'll, good. I'll just tell you, uh, good. in order to be successful, and you know, we have different meanings for success. We do. But you have to be willing to lose more than you win. I mean, because if you just <sighs> if you just winning all the time, yes, then there's no motivation. There's nothing for you really to learn from. You you really think you have it all, but when you lose. I mean, lose, losing make you truly focus. Yes. Losing make you work hard. It makes you look at and reflect on what you did wrong. Right. You know, and if you're able to do that, then you, you become better. But, you know, oftentimes people don't believe uh, that it's okay to make mistakes. People don't believe that it's, it's okay to lose. Um, you're going to lose. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to, it's going to be heartbreaks. Wow. Uh, but, that's just part of it. Uh, well, you know, that, that that's really something coming from an attorney who, when you're in the courtroom, all you want to do is win. That's it. 
So how do you, you know, that seems counterintuitive. So how do you tell yourself if you didn't win a case, how do you still make that a win for you? Because that's the difficulty. Nobody wants to fail. We all want to win at everything. How do you turn that loss around to a win to say, you know, that it's okay? Right. And, you know, even practicing law, law is a little different because, you know, it's not like basketball where you can look at the scores yes. and, and know, you know, who actually won. Uh, when I'm trying cases, uh, I, I really feel like I, even when I, I don't get the verdict that I didn't lose, uh, okay. I just feel like they didn't go our way for some reason. Unfortunately, a lot of the reasons uh, okay. have to do with this system that we're a part of. Oh. Uh, but I still, even even when it's that way, I still try to reflect back on how the trial was. Okay. Could I have done something better? Uh, you know, and uh, I, I just learned. I learned from okay. every situation that, that there is. And That's good. You just, so <laughs> it's really your mindset. It's, it's you looking and saying, I didn't lose or we didn't lose. Now, I know that's difficult explaining that to your client, but we didn't really lose. It's just that they didn't go the way that it should have some, a lot of times, because if you're doing civil rights cases, we are already know the system, the balance of what that looks like. Oh my goodness, this is so good. I hate wrapping up because I just wanna talk for hours with people because there's so much knowledge that we can learn. Before I let you get out of here, we want to know what is your next because you have done a lot and I didn't even listen the resume this guy has and generally when people are doing things he's not even concerned about his resume and you were named attorney of the year and you've won so many different awards and you've done so much and when you look around and you see and your success has come and you weren't even going after the success but it's there so what is your next you know, that's, I really feel like I know what my next is. I'm just not saying it oh, okay. right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I do, I do have a next. I want to have a next because uh, I just think it's important in life okay. that, that you just don't stay somewhere too long. You know, okay. you have to be able to experience something else. But that next is not going to happen until I see the change that, that is needed to make sure that we don't need as many civil rights attorneys. Okay. Uh, you know, Doc, it's, it's just really hard right now. When yes. you see what's going on in the, the school shooting, oh, um, yes. when those little yeah. children lost their lives, um, when I'm having to see so many unarmed black men lose their lives, yes. uh, you know, I have my next, but it just, I have mm. to ask myself, when will I get to that next? I, okay. I really want to be able to get to that next, but hopefully um, I'm doing something that's going to inspire the, the younger generation coming right. behind me, the younger lawyers yeah. coming behind me to want to do what I'm doing. And when we get even more people doing it, then I could move on to, to, to next. that next. But I just, I can't move on to the next knowing that we don't There's have so enough. so much work to do. Right. I mean, because not a lot of people want to practice this law. Yeah, no. Um, well, and, no. Yeah, a so. lot of people are not made for it. It has to be their calling and their it purpose. It has to be. Well, can you promise that when you do get to your next, you're going to come back on this show? Look, you're going to you're going to tell 
This is going to be where you're going to tell what I'm your a, next I'm going to tell my next right here on this show. <laughs> okay. I enjoy coming on this show because, you know, whenever I talk to you, Dr. Gladney, uh, it saves me from having to make an appointment because <laughs> even in your interviews, you're counseling me. Yeah. You're giving me that, that, you know, that energy, that, that food that, that I really need. So it's been great being a part of your show. Uh, I know the audience have, are, are enjoying your show because you just have a way of giving us that food that, that we really need to make it throughout the day. So uh, oh, it's been a pleasure that. being on your show. I appreciate that. And thank you so much because what you have had to share today, I know is impacting and is making a, a difference in the lives of people. Again, this is uh, Daryl K. Washington. You wanna tell your firm? Uh, I'm the managing partner with the Washington Law Firm based out of Dallas, Texas. Yes, so this is great. and. You know, I am going to add you to my prayer list, really, because when you said that, you know, a lot of times we pray for families, we pray for a lot, and we don't even think about the people that are holding holding all these families and, and the law and trying to do. So I'm definitely going to do that even more often, is even as my friend. So thank you. Thank you for gracing us today with your presence and helping people out there to get some clarity on your power move. It's really about your calling and why you're here. So we gotta find that out. And hopefully today you've learned some things that are going to inspire you. So until the next time we're saying to you, have a powerful day. Thank you for joining us for today's Power Moves with Dr. Gladney. For more information or to contact Dr. Gladney, go to www.drgladney.com or to hire a 24-karat speaker, go to www.24caratspeakers.com. We'll see you next time.